Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Women, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from powerful women leaders who will share their playbooks on how to manage smarter, be more successful, and change your game. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the debut of our newest Game Changers radio series. This one is called Game Changing Women Radio, presented by SAP, and I'm absolutely thrilled. I think this is a topic that was a long time in the coming, and here we are. So let me get started. Well, you know what I'm going to say next. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. The buzz today... Are you in or are you not? Let's find out what's going on. A debate has been raging since Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg's lean-in book hit the bookshelves, and you know what happened. It became an instant bestseller. 2013 seems like such a long time ago, but we're going to bring it back to right now. We're going to talk about it today. Fans of Sandberg hail her pro-feminism messages. They were great and right on, and her pragmatic advice. This is how to do it. But on the other side of the coin, we had the detractors who say Sandberg's views were misguided, ooh, mistaken, mm, and that they can backfire for women who aspire to soar through the ranks and climb that corporate ladder. Question for all of you out there, where do you stand? Do you think leaning in actually helps or hurts women at work? I have a quote from SAP Senior VP, Chief Learning Officer, and the executive producer of this series, Jenny Dearborn, who's now traveling in Asia somewhere and in the middle of the night. And Jenny sent me this quote to get us started. She said, perhaps the key achievement of Sheryl Sandsburg's book was to awaken us to this long overdue dialogue. Yes, Jenny, you're absolutely right. So we've invited a panel of three experts, three women who know what they're talking about. They're in the trenches. They're in the real time. They know what's happening. And they have strong opinions on Sheryl Sandsburg lean in. So first up, I would like to welcome our first guest. It's Gita Vallabhanini. She is the founder of Luminix. And Gita sent me a quote from her 13-year-old nephew. Now, two key things in there, 13 years old and nephew. So he's a boy. So let's hear the quote. The quote is, definition of character is how a person behaves when no one is watching them. This sounds like a much older person said this. Gita, welcome. How are you today? Great. Thank you for having me on, Bonnie. Delighted. So talk to me, 13-year-old nephew. He sounds like he's uh, got quite an interesting way of thinking about things. And why don't you relate his quote to our topic today, leaning in or against or for? Go ahead, Gita. Absolutely. So I will give you a little bit of a backstory. I'm a huge believer in mentorship. I've had many mentors in my life. And I also think it's something really inherent within us, right? I mean, even going back thousands of years, we sat around the fire and we passed on our wisdom to the next generation. Um, in a couple of really of my favorite books, one is Letters to a Young Poet by Rilke, the German poet, um, and Wisdom by Andrew Zuckerman. Both of the books really highlight what is it that we should be doing this generation? How do we instill what we've learned into the next generation so that they emerge stronger and smarter? So um, when my nephew turned, uh, turned 13, um, as part of, like, the New Year resolution, the two of us made a pact. Every other mm-hmm. Sunday, I call him on Skype, and we talk about various interesting topics. And it's really, you know, amazingly wonderful to look at the world through his eyes and years again and his brain. Um, so we talk about poetry, philosophy, science. He's a really smart kid. And then the other day, 
And I was making him think about, even back in the day, in the beginning of philosophy, people wondered about what does it mean to be human? Um, how do I know what I'm looking at is a table? So you have to fundamentally start thinking about these things to become a critical thinker. Um, so we, we were talking about what's morality, right? What's, what, what does it mean to be uh, a moral person? And mm-hmm. I asked him to chime in. It's like, what do you think about that? And he, he thought about it for a minute, and he came back with this quote. And really, it hit me just like what you said, right? And for a 13-year-old to think like that, um, and uh, uh, I was thinking, this boy is going to grow into a responsible, <laughs> compassionate human being. And, you know, made me start um, to think about how do we instill our next generation. I like to coin this term, is introspective intelligence, right? It, they're not just emulating what they're saying, but they're also introspecting and coming up with their opinions and um this will lead them to make the right choices. And I thought this is especially relevant to this debate, right, when we are talking about women and their uh, equality and their roles in uh, workplace. We also have to recruit the other 50% into this discussion, into uh, supporting us. Um, and if, if we train them to think like this, I think they will absolutely be thoughtful, respectful contributors to women and their success. So that's that's why I picked that quote. Thank you, Gita. Wonderful. I think we need to get your nephew on one of our game-changing radio shows. I'm not sure which. We have uh, 10 different series right now, but we need to find a niche for him, a good idea of what's coming down the pike in terms of good thinkers. Thank you so much for kicking off our conversation. And now I'd like to welcome our second panelist. She is Ginger McCullough. She's Vice President of Training and Change Management. And I think change is a key word on our show today at Brookshire Grocery Company. And Ginger Ginger has sent me a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Actually, all three quotes today come from males, interestingly. And here's the quote. The only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. I like that. Ginger McCullough, welcome. How are you today? Well, thank you, Bonnie, for having me today, and I'm doing wonderful. Delighted to have you. So talk to me. Interesting quote from Emerson. We're going way back in time. So how did Emerson end up on Game Changing Women? What would he say? Talk to me, Ginger. Well, I think it really is more about just being genuine and being who you are, male or female, being transparent and being proud of what you stand for and I guess where you're headed. I use that quote in training sometimes to try to get the message across to others that it, it's really no one's responsibility um, to help you succeed other than yourself, um, your personal growth, um, not playing the blame game, that we need to take mm-hmm. responsibility for who we are and where we're headed. I think you can compare it to a strategy, and you know, organizations or successful companies They have a strategy, and they know where they're headed, and they have values that are established, and their decisions are based on the company's values, and everything should support the strategy of the company. So when you look at an individual, like I'll use myself as an example, I have Mm -hmm. my own personal strategy. I have my own set of values. So everything that I do should support who I am and what I stand for, and then it becomes really simple that it helps me. I know what I stand for. I know where I'm headed. And so the decisions that I make should support that. 
Thank you, Ginger. I'm thinking of this in the context of our discussion, which is unfolding slowly here about Sheryl Sandberg's lean-in and the idea that it's great to say I am my person and my values and my moral character and all that. But when you're in a company that doesn't embrace, doesn't support, doesn't allow you to be that person or doesn't let you develop to be that person, I think that's one of the big challenges we're going to be talking about. And I know that you and Gita and our our third panelist, whom I will introduce in just a moment, have a lot of information uh, to support how tough it is for women in the corporate world today. So thank you so much, Ginger. Great explanation, great quote. And we're happy to have Ralph Waldo Emerson on Game Changing Women. Wonder what he would say. Let me bring on our third panelist. She is Kelly Drenner, D-R-E-N-N-E-R. She manages strategic partnerships for SAP. And Kelly sent me a quote from Albert Einstein. And Kelly, I don't know if I told you before the show, but Einstein is, I think, hands down, our most frequently quoted person on all of our 15 SAP Game Changers radio shows. And here's the quote. Strive not to be a success, but rather to be of value. Kelly Drenner, welcome. How are you today? Doing just wonderful and um, happy to, to go with the theme of, um, you know, consistent quotes <laughs> uh, with Albert Einstein. So tell me how this quote fits our topic of in or out. Are we for or against the concept of leaning in? Talk to me. What would Einstein say, Kelly? No, I'm not quite sure what Einstein would say. He'd probably come up with a crazy <laughs> formula, um, you know, that would <laughs> encapsulate everything um, that he has to, you know, decide on, you know, with this issue. But um, I think this quote really speaks to... Um, women in leadership and, and women in, in the workplace. Um, I think we've all been in countless meetings where women and men, you know, are just in there and they're just doing their thing and, and nobody's really giving the value adds discussion. Lots of people like to hear their own voice, like to keep their own horn, but truly, I mean, it's all about being a value and, and your voice is providing a perspective or providing, um, you know, an action item or some type of item or some type of, you know, something to do. But really, I think um, this quote not only applies to women in the workplace, but also, you know, in, in your life. And, you know, you want to mm-hmm. be a value in personal and professional relationships. You want to be a value in meetings. You want to be a value in projects. It's not just showing up. It's, it's showing up and, and coming to the table with something to, to say and to give and, and to progress and forward. Um, so I think it ties right in with this wonderful topic um, with women in the workplace. Thank you very much, Kelly Drenner. I'm going to go back to Gita Vallabanini and ask Gita, what's in your cup today? What are you drinking or what do you plan to drink after the show? We just want a little bit of your personality, a little bit about your background. So how interesting is it today, Gita? Share with me, please. Uh, what I'm drinking is a hot cup of tea. Nothing special about that. I bought it from the neighborhood market. But I was thinking about, you know, when you asked me to think about that and tell a story, um, so I'll tell you the best cup of chai I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, my father and I, I was 18. Um, I graduated from high school, and I was thinking about various career possibilities. Um, there's this um, set of schools in India called IIT, Indian Institute of Technology. There's very few um, seats available, and... Uh, students all over the nation um, sit for a test, and the um, questions are really complex. And I know people actually uh, start sending their kids when they're 12, 13 to prepare for these exams for the last five years or so. And I haven't had that kind of training, but I really didn't want to show up and solve some of the math and physics problems that I loved. And I applied for the test um, and on the day of the test, and I told my dad, I know I'm not going to do that well. 
I know people have been training for it for years, and, but I just want to take the exam and have fun. So he came with me. Um, it was uh, 200 miles away from my home. So I'm thinking yet another sticking with the story of how men need to play really good roles in, in, as, as we're growing up. Right? My dad is a farmer. He has he doesn't even have a high school degree, but he's always been with me. Any test I've ever taken, even to the day I applied for my visa, when when we woke up at 2 a.m. to go stand in the line. So. Um, so he, he was there on this particular day, and I spent two and a half hours or so trying to solve all the problems I could. And then I, I get out, and I, I had a huge smile on my face, and he says, how did you do? I said, I'm absolutely not going to make it. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, good laugh, and we walked across the street to the vendor and had a, a really good cup of tea. Um, and I think the story because, um, you know, my dad stuck with me no matter what, where, even if I was just taking the test for the sake of uh, taking it. Um, and even we were sort of like celebrating a failure. And later on in life, that's such an important lesson, especially if you're doing a startup. Um, fear of failure stops people from attempting, taking any risk. Um, so I absolutely love that story. And whenever I have a cup of tea, I think about that and, and thank my dad. Thank you very much. That's a lovely story. Thank you for sharing, Gita. And Ginger McCullough, what are you drinking? Well, I am from Texas, so you can imagine that either in my mug is an ice-cold beer or an ice-cold <laughs> cup of sweet tea. And since I'm officially working, then I would say that in about 45 minutes from now, I will be enjoying a tall glass of iced tea with a couple of wedges of lemon from McAllister's Deli. Uh, I think that they make wonderful tea, and the sweeter the better. Oh, I like that. That's a lovely story, and this is the first time for McAllister's McAllister's Deli on SAP Radio. Thank you very much, Ginger. (laughs) Kelly Drenner, what are you drinking, or what are you thinking about drinking? Uh, Well, you know, it is 9.15 in the morning here in uh, the lovely Bay Area, so coffee is currently in my cup, but truly I'm looking forward to um, a glass of wine this evening with some girlfriends uh, to get together and chat and catch up. Uh, You know, we live here, or I at least live in uh, the the San Francisco Bay Area, which is arguably one of the best wine regions in the world, so I'm looking forward to having a nice, um, lovely Cabernet from the Napa Valley uh, this evening with um, some very, very wonderful um, and influential ladies uh, this evening, so can't wait for that one. Thank you very much. Well, we're glad to have you here on our time today. If you just tuned in, this is the debut of our newest series, Game Changing Women Radio, presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I'm speaking today with Gita Vallabanini, the founder of Luminix. I'm also speaking with Ginger McCullough, the VP of Training and Change Management at Brookshire Grocery Company, known as BGC, if you're an insider, and Kelly Drenner, who manages strategic partnerships for SAP. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask Gita to kick off the roundtable. We're going to talk about get really down in the trenches here and talk about the hurdles women face, and we're going to start our lively debate of 
Are you for or against Sheryl Sandberg's concept of leaning in? Is it helpful or hurtful? Is it something that's going to propel women forward? Women, we're going to take a look at women all along the workforce spectrum. Uh, We're going to start with the youngest part of the workforce and go all the way up. Women who aspire to do more with their careers. And we're going to also take a look at maybe it doesn't work so well. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. 90 seconds. Don't go anywhere. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. For women, the pressure to achieve at work is stronger, the hours longer, and the struggle for respect and authority more complex than ever. You want guidance on how to succeed, and you are not alone. Tune in to hear today's powerful women leaders help you make sense of it all. They will get you thinking about how to manage smarter. They will analyze how you can change the game. And they will share their playbooks on how you can make it happen. Game Changing Women is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. listening to Game Changing Women, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show using Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Game Changing Women. Thank you for coming back. This is the debut of our new series, Game Changing Women Radio, presented by SAP. My esteemed panelists today are Gita Vallabanini, Ginger McCullough, and Kelly Drenner. We're going to kick off our 30-minute nonstop roundtable, so put your seatbelts on. Gita Vallabanini of Luminex is going to start this off. Let's talk about the... The status of women in the workforce today. Let's talk about top three hurdles women are facing, Gita. And also, I'd like you to bring in some of the statistics. Uh, oh, my goodness. Let me read one or two of these. Cheryl's lean-in book states the following great stats. Out of 195 countries, only 17 are led by women. Only 20 of the Fortune 500 are led by women. Whoa. Okay. Let's talk about these. Gita, why don't you start us off? You're the against, you're the con for leaning in. So let's get your perspective on the table. Please go ahead. Right. So I want to first actually state that I'm a big supporter of the book and the conversation overall and the initiative I think Cheryl took up um, because, you know, she was she was aware she's going to run into a lot of controversy. And I have to say, in the first few pages, she anticipates people like me who are thinking about this from a different perspective and answers a few questions, too. Um, and I have actually spoken in support of Lean-In before. So when I'm presenting this, I'm going back to my high school debate days, where you pick a topic and speak for it for 15 minutes and speak against for the next 15 minutes. So when I'm saying I'm against leaning in, I'm not saying women shouldn't lean in or not be at the table or be ambitious. What I'm saying, though, is the environment around the women who are leaning in, who are ambitious, is it ready? We should really work on that first so that it would receive fabulous women with enthusiasm and celebrate their successes, right? So for all the reasons Cheryl points out, um, let's go back, and I, I think you started with a couple of great stats. It is a known fact um, that women 
we are 50% in some countries, you know, uh, 1% uh, this way or the other. Um, but we are only holding 20% of the elected seats, um, parliamentary, congressional seats. Um, in high office, executive offices, we only represent 14% of that, 17% board seats. And that really um, leads to the three hurdles, in my opinion, here are, here are what we are facing, right? Unequal pay and recognition, underrepresentation, people who are sitting in the elected offices are making decisions for women without really having the equal representation of women on their panels. And then what I talked about, unsupportive ecosystem. So what I want to really point out and say, for all the reasons Cheryl points out uh, about the environment and how unsupportive it is, I want to highlight three or four things that we should be thinking about before asking women to be super ambitious. Um, because I feel like if you don't have a supportive ecosystem, women who are leaning in will be falling over. So we should be talking mm-hmm. about propping up women, um, right? So that's the perspective. Um, so, for example, you know, let's talk about the points here. Women are expected to nurture and not lead. Or that's our either expectation or a stereotype, right? As a society, we are thinking successful leaders shouldn't be nurturing. Let's make that a false statement. Leaders should be nurturing. They should be building long-lasting companies and cultures and countries, right? If you, if you run a company or a country like a tyrant, you're bound to fall. So let's make that a false assumption so that people don't use, oh, women are too nurturing to be leaders. And um, again, we, we talk about ambitious, successful women are not popular, and I really don't understand why we are hung up on being popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this whole, like, high school popular girl uh, concept. <laughs> we need to be celebrating smart, opinionated, thoughtful girls. Um, so if we encounter such a person, it's just calling, you know, calling them a bossy, like uh, Cheryl points out. Let's, let's celebrate them. Um, and then again, going back to my opening statement, let us teach our young men to be supportive and equal partners. And I want to say, even today, if, you, if you're listening between the lines, women say they want a partner who is either equal or more successful. So we're still falling into the stereotypical um, patterns here, right? Somehow we're looking for a partner that's making more than us. Um, let's start thinking about being equal partners. And then um, I really want us to not hear this sentence from any other girl's mouth. Oh, I'm not so good at math. Why do we accept that? <laughs> we should really be um, challenging them on that. We should celebrate math, science, critical thinking, and arts and creative thinking. All we we have to make our next generation a well-rounded individual. Um, and then, last but not least, um, I hope I hope we can seriously get over the sex sells ad campaigns and explore mm-hmm. a deep meaningful consideration about our consumption and our choices. So there are all these factors that we should really be changing before um, we put the onus on the woman and saying, hey, you know what, you're not leaning in far enough. Um, we have to create the system that will help these ambitious women. So that's, when, uh, that's what I mean when I say I'm against women. Thank you very much, Gita. Great platform. Ginger McCullough, pick and choose anything Gita said. Let's hear your side of the coin. Are you for or against leaning in? And you can talk about any of the points that Gita introduced. 
Well, um, great points, Gita. I just want to start out by saying um, I really like your perspective, and um, I will agree that there are points in the in the book that I totally support, and I'm all for leaning in. But there are some things that um, I think we have to take a step back. Um, but I'll, I think I'm going to address um, about what Gita said in regards to establishing um, a support system from the ground up. And I take a little bit different stand on that. I think that um, we really need to have support from top down. And I'll speak from retail, um, strictly from retail. In a retail environment, it is predominantly um, men, and from leadership all the way down to position of a courtesy clerk. But that's the way that it has been for a long, long time, and it is going to take strong women to to stand up and, and be able to have the backbone, I guess, to lean in. To say that we all should lean in, you, you really have to have the, um, I guess, the stamina to, to be able to lean in. In retail especially, some of the positions are um, physically you know, you have to have some physical mm-hmm. requirements. So um, all positions may not be meant um, for women. It really depends on that, that individual. And I think there are times that um, women should lean in. There's times that we need to maybe take a step back, and there's a, there's a time that we need to pull others up. There's not a lot of women in, in, I guess, a supermarket industry that are in the position that I would like to see them in yet, and keyword yet. We are changing that. Um, we're making a difference, but we're going to have to establish a support group, a, a support arena to help others on their um, route to the top. But just saying that you want to move up or or you want to have a position is not good enough. I think you have to back it with um, you have to be competent. You have to have the work ethic and the willingness. And instead of playing the victim, um, be the victor Mm -hmm. and, you know, and stand up and, and be willing to put in, I guess, the work that it requires it's hard, and especially I'm just strictly speaking from retail right now. It, it's hard, and um, you just have to find that support system. Our company have avenues for women, have support resource groups, um, leadership training, mentors, and that's a topic I'm sure we'll talk about later, but have an executive sponsor for some of your high potentials. So in regards to to Gita's opening platform, I do feel like there are times that we should lean in, but you better be willing to stand on your own two feet as well. Ah, very interesting words to the wise. I just want to add a footnote before we invite Kelly into the conversation. Ginger McCullough was recently named one of the top female senior executives in the entire grocery industry. And also, here's a note, grocery retail workforce, the workforce, is predominantly female, but the leadership is predominantly male. And guess who the consumer is in the grocery store? 87% female. That's an interesting tipping of the balance back and forth and back and forth. Thank you, Ginger. Kelly Drenner, can't wait to hear what you have to say. Pick and choose. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, for Lean In. Um, I think, and, and I agree, you know, with, with both what Gita uh, 
and the other panelists have said about, you know, it's, it's great, you know, there are times, Selena, and there's times not. I'm, I'm going to take this from a, a strictly um, an emerging, um, you know, female in the workforce perspective. And there's not a lot of, you know, books out like this um, that, you know, you can read, and it's very easy to read, and there's provocative statements, and, and it's wonderful. And, and I think, you know, really um, it's, it's wonderful for women that are just starting out in their career to read. It gives them wonderful perspective and insights, and, you know, you do need that stamina, um, and you do need to realize, you know, that it is a, uh, you know, a long, a long process, and there are times when we need to, you know, lean in, and then as uh, Ginger mentioned, times when we need to, to step back and let others rise. I mean, it, it's that given that take, but I think for me, it, it's really the book, it's, you know, kind of outlines, you know, what you can expect, you know, what you're going to need to do in your life if you want to, you know, get to certain levels of success. And it's not for everyone, you know. I mean, there, there are times when you're going to have to make some really hard choices on, on what, you know, um, you know, you want to do in your career and, and what you want to do in your life. And um, I understand, you know, some of the, you know, the statements that, you know, Cheryl Sandberg isn't like every, you know, woman out there, you know, she doesn't have mentors like the founders of Google and, and Mark, um, mm-hmm. you know, Zuckerberg, but Facebook, um, and, you know, she doesn't speak to every woman, but I think, you know, the fact that she's speaking and she's saying these things, it's wonderful for, for women um, starting in their career, again, to, you know, realize that there are these internal barriers that, you know, the importance of mentorship that a lot of women, you know, especially starting out in their career, don't necessarily get, um, you know, in college or, or from their family or from their, uh, you know, other people in their lives. So um, I'm excited. I was, you know, jazzed to read this book um, and, and to mm-hmm. learn and to, uh, you know, kind of help me, guide me in my career and in my path. Um, so, yes, there are pros and cons to it. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, what this book is saying, it's, um, it's really a, a, good, a good step in the right direction for, for women. Thank you, Kelly. And that goes back to uh, the quote I read in the intro from Jenny Dearborn at SAP, our chief learning officer, who is the sponsor of the series and executive producer. And just to reiterate, Jenny says perhaps the key achievement of the book was to awaken us to this long overdue dialogue. And that's exactly why we're here today. I want to move ahead to a piece of one of the notes that Ginger McCullough sent me before the show. Ginger, I'm intrigued by something called the Tiara Effect. I have it in your notes. And let me just read a, a moment here, and then you can expand it for us. You say women think that if they keep doing their job well, someone will notice and place a tiara on their head. Woohoo! I added the woohoo. You didn't. So talk to me. Uh, are we not promoting our work the right way? Are we waiting, leaning back and waiting to be recognized? Are men out there self-aggrandizing, if I can use that word, and saying, oh, I'm pounding my chest. Look at me. I just did the world's greatest report. Oh, look at me. I just did the world's greatest offsite. Oh, look at me. I just wrote the greatest book. So is, is there is that a critical key difference that's inherent in the genders? Ginger, why don't you help me with this? I do think that it's inherited. And um, I have a 23-year-old daughter and a 31-year-old son. And they are both from Gen Y. So they have a lot of, um, they're similar in ways, but one is female, one is male. So they're definitely different. And one thing that I have noticed just in my own children is the difference in 
promoting what they have accomplished. Um, I've been in this business for over 30 years, and I can say that myself, I fell victim to this same tiara effect for a long time until um, somebody hit me in the head with my own crown. So (laughs) what I'm trying to say is that women, on average, we tend to just think if we put our heads down and we work real hard, um, that others will recognize us. And if we do try to say, I and which Cheryl Finberg says, hey, anytime you can replace the word us with I, do so. Mm. We're tentative to do that because we can be viewed as being self-promoting, that uh, right. maybe a little arrogant, where men, on the other hand, seem to get um, more recognition for maybe sometimes, not in all cases, half the work. And that's just something that we'll have to overcome and being confident in what we do and being able to stand up and uh, say, hey, you know, I'm proud of this and I'm proud of this accomplishment. But then the society that we live in and predominantly male leadership and especially supermarket it's trying to educate that level of leadership that it's not about being self-promoting, that it's, that it's the same. It shouldn't be any different for a man or a woman to take credit for what they've accomplished. It is alive and well. Um, I think it happens um, more so than not. I'll give you another example. When mm-hmm. I was working in retail, I could do the same exact I could approach a situation exactly the same as my male counterpart, and they may be considered to be persuasive, and I would come across as pushy, or they were passionate, and I was aggressive, and it's just... It is stereotyping, I think, men and women, but it's something that we have to overcome to make it easier for our daughters, my daughter included, to be able to just be who they are, be genuine and not be stereotyped as how we've stereotyped women in the past. Ginger, so interesting you brought that up. There used to be a list. I, I know you're not as old as I am. I don't think anybody on the panel is nearly as – you might be the closest one. But there used to be a list that was sent around. I'm talking back in the days when the Internet was just getting to be something we actually used in email. And there was a list of if a woman does this, she's considered blank. And if a man does this, he's considered wow. And the adjectives were exactly as you described. It's a woman would be considered to be a bossy or bitchy, excuse the other B word, or bold or brazen, the man would consider to be, well, my goodness, he's got the keys of leadership. There's a manager in the making. Well, look at him. He has the nature and the force to lead a team to greatness. We want him in the executive suite. Am I right, Ginger? And and has it really changed, Ginger? Has it really changed a lot? I do not think that it has changed a lot, but I do think that it's better. And what's making it better is more women um, in positions to lean in and to pull others up and to help with the education of other leadership, of pointing things out and feeling confident enough to be honest. Um, I think that's one thing that we fall short in all in all companies, all organizations, regardless of what we do, is just honesty, is being having the backbone to stand up and be honest and, and call it out. Call it as Thank we you. see it. I agree. Kelly Drenner, want to get your thoughts, and then we'll circle back to Gita Vallabhanini. But, Kelly, your thoughts on uh, on this disparate 
adjective application, boy, that was a big phrase, of when women do one thing, it's the same exact thing that a man does, but they're regarded differently. Is this ever going to change? What's your perspective, Kelly? You know, I wish it would change. Um, I feel like, um, you know, I think Ginger nailed uh, the, you know, hit the nail on the head on this one. Um, And I I don't know if it will. I I want to be that optimist and that idealist and and say that it will. But I think it speaks again to to what Cheryl talks about is those internal barriers also. I mean, we are all inherent, you know, and not wanting to to self-promote. I mean, I, I can say that. I do that all the time. You know, I, I do want to use the we instead of the I, and, you know, it's, it's a group, and, you know, that, that, is, that is that in our nature? Yes, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I, I want it to change. I do. I, I don't know if it, if it will. Um, I think, again, you know, Cheryl um, writing this book and, and kind of letting women, you know, when you read it from, from somebody else who is a woman saying, hey, we are not, you know, um, helping ourselves here. Um, you know, it, it speaks volumes. Um, and I, again, I think it's going to be women, you know, realizing this and then making that conscious decision to, to go to, to self-promote and to, you know, obviously do it in a, in a nice way and not, you know, you don't want to ever come across as rude or, um, you know, self-promoting, but then, you know, in the same regard, um, being able to, to say that you have done these great things in your role. And, um, I just, I think there's that self-awareness, uh, that, we all need to, to realize and then to, to work on. Um, so I totally agree um, with everything that, uh, that Ginger said on this. Um, and I, I'm optimistic. I, I hope it changes. Um, I'm going to, you know, lead by example on this one and, and work on this um, in my own life. Um, and I think Cheryl's book um, has helped start this dialogue again um, in realizing this. Thank you very much, Kelly. Gita, I know you're waiting patiently to chime in on this. What do you think? Do you wear? Did you ever wear a tiara, and did it ever knock you in the head? Well, I mean, having considered I was born on a farm to early high school graduates and made my way to here and started a company, I disagree that it's inherent within us that we don't um, take the, uh, I think, I agree with both of you that majority of women don't take the credit, don't speak up for themselves, but I think we're taking um, social cues. It's not so much as inherent in nature, and here's why. Um, I actually spent 10 days with my two-and-a-half-year-old niece last year, and I was watching her, right? I don't think she has in her mind um, what it should be like a girl, right? So I'll give you a quick example. She, we were walking back from the swimming pool, and there was um, uh, six or seven um, 10 to 10 to 11-year-old boys playing soccer, and she just ran in and she wanted to play with them. And my sister could have said, "Come on, there are big boys playing. You should, you don't belong there." She just mm-hmm. left. We, we, the two of us stood by and just watched her learn her own lesson. She figured the ball is never going to come to her because they were too fast and too big for her. And then she got bored and walked away. So I do think that. You know, girls and boys will have the same enthusiasm that are all told to step back. I think there is society, the place in that. Um, and what's wrong with saying we, by the way? I think that's how we build meaningful teams. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you just need to learn where to draw the line. Um, for example, if I thank my team for doing well on a, you know, uh, on a quiz show or something, that, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So you just need to know when to um, use the I versus we. 
And then I also want to say, um, going back to, I think you um, both made a fantastic point about women not being recognized for their efforts because they're not speaking up. I do think part of the responsibility lies with the company and the management. A lot of the times, people that are not meant to be great managers are put into that role, uh, and they actually don't know how to evaluate the performance of employees and how to reward the right people. So this is a well-known problem in the industry. There is this middle management that, that doesn't know how to um, really manage and reward. So I wanted to bring that other perspective into this discussion, too. Thank you very much. And I think I'm going to move to a slightly different topic hey, here. Part Bonnie, of this big Bonnie, yes, yes, yes. Comment on of um, course, something Ginger. that Geetha just said. Um, Geetha, Please do. Thank you so much. I love the fact that you just mentioned. There's nothing wrong with saying we, and mm-hmm. I I agree with you 100. percent And and I do think that sometimes, most of the time, that that women will give credit more where credit is due. Um, I currently lead a, a group of wonderful, um, a wonderful team made up of men and women from all generations. And fortunately, they are not, fortunately for me, they are not afraid to speak up and um, take a stand and, and share their perspective and, and what they've accomplished. But sometimes I think that it's the leader, like Giza said, it depends on that manager and it is that manager raising the people that they um, that work for them up, you know, in the organization. And if not, I would just add that if you work for somebody that is not giving uh, you credit where you deserve credit or sharing uh, your credit with the ones that can really – that are in the decision-making level, then you need to find a way to detour, that you have to find your voice in a way to make sure that it's heard. Thank you, Ginger. I'm glad you jumped in on that. And I want to move to something in Kelly Drenner's notes. Kelly, you say, sit at the table and the imposter syndrome. I don't think we've talked about the imposter syndrome. I've heard about it before. Why don't you introduce the concept to us, and then we'll have Gita and Ginger chime in and tell us if they have any examples. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, I think, you know, the imposter syndrome, um, Cheryl, I think, nailed it again um, in this book. And it's the feeling, and I'm, I'm guilty of it all the time, it's that we don't belong at the table despite our resumes, our achievements, you know, our, our pedigrees, as if, you know, we were chosen to participate in a meeting. Um, you know, um, I think Cheryl, you know, talks about, you know, I think very very opening, you know, in the, in the book about a meeting with the Treasury Department where four women staffers were invited to sit at the table and they and they didn't. Um, and, you know, those women staffers have valuable experience to bring to, bring to the, you know, the discussion and, and insights that other people do not have. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm sitting aside. I, I shouldn't be here. You know, this is not my meeting. Um, and, you know, they're, 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 they're not sitting at the table or leaning in uh, for that matter. Um, and I think, you know, it's these internal barriers. That is the imposter syndrome. You know, we were chosen to sit at this table to, to, to be in the discussion, to be at the meeting, and yet, you know, we feel like we don't belong and that we are not supposed to be there. Like, oops, somebody make a mistake, um, you know. But really, you know, uh, in these types of situations, you know, I think it's that realization that, hey, we were invited to, to sit, to belong, and to, to give our insights and, and to, to, to add value to the discussion and, and speak up. And it's internal, it's that internal courage um, to have that, that notion that, hey, you know, I was invited to this for a reason, I'm going to go ahead and give my opinion and, and state what my feelings are on, on whatever issue is, is 
you know, should be discussed. And I think it's also the realization that, you know, if there's a man at the table, that question isn't even going to cross his mind. He's not going to, you know, think, hey, do I belong here? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, (laughs) why am I here? No, they're going to raise their hand. They're going to maybe not even raise their hand. They're just going to blur out, um, you know, whatever it is um, and and not even question that. So I think it's that, again, the recognition that, hey, um, you know, and for me it was 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 validation that that Cheryl also felt this way, you know, and, and that other women feel this way too, that, um, you know, it's again, it might be that inherent kind of tiara effect, um, going back to what Ginger said in the earlier question, um, you know, at least in a similar sense. Um, but truly, um, it's those internal barriers uh, that need to be broken down. You know, we all have valuable wisdom and insights and, and, and experiences that, that men don't have or that other people at the table don't have. And, and we should really, you know, not let that limit us or inhibit us and, and to, to have the courage to, to stand up and speak out and, 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 you know, add value again. Thank you, Kelly. I'm looking a little deeper into your notes before I get Ginger and Gita in here. You say fake it until you feel it. And here's uh, information from the book. Sheryl Sandberg says the days when she was not feeling confident, she would just, quote, unquote, fake it until you feel it. She was talking about her days leading aerobics, but the application is broader than that and can be applied to business. She discusses starting a new team. Male colleagues jumped at the opportunity. We can virtually, visually see them jumping. And women probably leaned back and said, I'm not so sure I'd be good at that. I have a question for you, Kelly, before I get the others in. Do you think it's generational? We talked a little bit. Uh, I think Ginger might have mentioned that she has uh, young children, or uh, Gen Y. That's young as far as I'm concerned. Uh, do you think it's a generational thing where older generations who have been entrenched in corporate structure for decades and decades and decades might not want a woman sitting at the executive table. They might not want a woman to say, I can do that. Let me be on the team. And and they're helping to prevent women from leaning in successfully. Do you think it's generational, Kelly? You know, I think, I think it is to, to a certain extent. Um, it is generational. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, you know, the way my grandparents were raised and, you know, way um, you know, my parents to that extent. And I do feel like women these days are, are more inclined to, to jump in. But even then, I, it goes back to that, you know, an imposter syndrome. I think Cheryl even mentions it in her book. You know, the women, when they're applying for jobs, you know, if they don't meet six of the, you know, 15 requirements, they're not going to apply for it. But a man will be like, hey, I meet these requirements. I'm going to go for it. Um, so I think, you know, younger generations are, are more inclined to go ahead and, uh, and at least women, to, to jump in and, um, and, you know, not necessarily be held back. Um, but, again, I think it's just inherent um, in, in women sometimes, you know, where they're, they're, they're just, they're not sure, and, and that uncertainty uh, is going to hold them back. Thank you, Kelly. Gita, thoughts about that? Faking it till you feel it, till you make it. What about the generational impact of men at the table? What do you observe, Gita? Um, you know, I actually think that not sitting at the table is more of a personality uh, trait because, you know, I work with engineers. I'm, I'm in Silicon Valley, and I've worked in the tech industry um, and we have a higher percentage of introverts, right? And they're brilliant. Um, it doesn't matter whether men or women. Um, not everyone likes to sit, sit at the table, raise their hand, and voice their opinions. So I don't know. Again, um, but you're you're uh, you guys are probably right in terms of women tend to sit 
back at the um, back from the table, and um, I know Kelly, you mentioned uh, a couple incidents, and I noticed that too. Um, but I think it's the take it until you make it is a really good advice um, because starting out, nobody, you know, especially if you're a college graduate, you're looking for a job. There's no way you have experience in whatever job that you're applying for. Um, but the real, um, uh, I think you have to show enthusiasm and you're ready to learn. Um, all of those qualities, they're probably good advice overall. Um, and if, if that helps women, uh, go for it. And I think there's definitely some generational shift, although I have to say in the past I've had mentors from the previous generation that really helped me um, in, in my career as well as shaping my um, uh, my character and personality. Um, so, for example, I was working at Sun, and Joel was my manager. Um, he recognized my talents, and he made sure I got promotions um, to the level where he thought I should be. And, you know, after he retired, we still have a fantastic relationship. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, but I'm speaking just from a very, very limited data set. But if you mm-hmm. observe broadly, yeah, I have run into situations where you walk into um, a room full of older men and, um, you know, you, they just assume automatically assume probably I don't know as much as I'm <laughs> what I'm talking about. But um, once you start chiming in and you talk, they quickly realize you know what you're talking about and you get the respect. Um, but the key, again, I think goes back to um, faking until you make it and being confident in your, in your own skin and approaching the room um, with, with that attitude probably works. Thank you. Ginger, thoughts? We're going to take, give you about a minute, Ginger, and then we're going to circle back to Gita and then you and Kelly because we're ready for our crystal ball predictions round. No, we're not taking a final break. So, Ginger, thoughts on what we just discussed, the faking it till you make it? Uh, well, Bonnie, I really do not think that this is generational. I think that okay. it is gender-based, and I have actually seen this happen over and over in the um, meeting room where a male and female of Gen Y, I'll just pick on that generation for a minute, walk in mm-hmm. to the meeting room, and the male take a seat at the table and the female sit against the wall. And what I have found is this is where mentorship and executive sponsorship comes into play, and this is how we change things. After the meeting, I make a point to approach that young lady and ask why. Why did you not take a seat at the table and see, try to understand where they're coming from and then give coaching at that point that you deserve to be at the table just like anyone else. You, you received the same invitation that everyone else received and you sat at that table, you listen and you give feedback. There's a reason you're here. So not generational. I still think that that is something that's gender based. Thank you very much, Ginger. Good perspective. I need to circle back to Gita. And Gita, I need to give you exactly one minute for your prediction. So can you fast forward to lean in or lean in against lean in uh, in the year 2020? Or what do you see in the crystal ball? One minute predictions, Gita Balabanini. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm um, by nature an optimistic person. I think by 2020, which we're not too far from now, six years from now, um, mm-hmm. I, I really think we will see a lot more representation of women in the boardrooms, um, women in elected offices, and we might even have a woman president soon. Um, so I'm, I'm really optimistic, and for, I'm cheering for the next generation, my nephews and nieces' generation, to 
grow up in a really supportive environment and find that society celebrates them and embraces their ambitions. Thank you very much. Ginger McCullough, I can give you a full minute for predictions. Go ahead, please. 2020, or what do you see ahead uh, for anything, lean in or uh, not? Yes, Bonnie, I, I think um, similar to what Geetha said, I, I'm an optimist by nature, and I do believe that things are changing. It may be slower than what I hope for, but in the future, I can see women having more of a, a seat at the table, leaning in. Um, and more importantly, women learning to be comfortable in their own skin and being genuine, being transparent and honest in how they feel. And I think once women in whole, as a whole are more confident with what they bring to the table, that leaning in will just be something that's done without even thinking. As far as a woman president, I'm more for whoever is the best candidate versus a woman in that seat. But I hope to see um, more than anything in the future, women be more confident in being a woman. Thank you very much. Good, good points. Uh, I'm going to bring something in here quickly before Kelly starts. I'm looking at Gita's notes on the status quo, unequal pay and recognition. I'm wondering if it will be easier for women to sit at that table and feel confident and want to represent themselves more, more sincerely as competent women if the pay is raised where they feel they deserve, they earned, quote, unquote, earned the right to be at that table. Just tossing that in. Kelly Drenner, I'm ready for your predictions. Uh, take a minute, please. Um, but going away, I think it will still be relevant in five years. Five years is, is a hard it, uh, it, it, it took, you know, however many years for, for this book to come out. Um, I feel like this topic is still going to be here in, in, in five years. And, um, we'll still be looking towards the goals of, of more women in the boardroom and more women in elected office. Um, with that being said, I do think that um, there will be more women um making key decisions at, you know, the federal um, level of government all across the board, um, whether that's, you know, in the United States or elsewhere. Um, I think, you know, especially I think 2016 is going to be a, an interesting year in terms of the election. Um, and I'd love to see in, in the presidency there, um, you know, taking a, you know, a stance on, on some of these issues. Um, and also I do feel like uh, there will be more women at boards the board level uh, for, for companies. Um, again, you know, not, not nations um, are coming together on this. You know, the United States has a long way to go, but um, I do think that this topic will still be relevant and there will be some changes in the next five years um, and there's still a long way to go. Thank you very much, Kelly. I have a, a bonus question for my panel. I need you each to just give me yes or no in one sentence answer, please. I know you weren't expecting this, but bear with me. I'm stepping up to the table and asking the question, Gita Vallabhanini, if you were to write a book in answer to Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In, what would you call it and what would be the subtitle of the book? I know I'm asking you to think fast on your feet, but go ahead. Prop up and support successful, ambitious women. You are good. Okay, Ginger McCullough. Oh, you can't use that one. Ginger, if you were to write a book in response to Lean In, what would it be titled and what would the sentence underneath the subtitle read? Stand up and pull others up. It starts with you. Nice. Oh, you rising to the occasion here. And Kelly Drenner, thoughts? What would you name your book and what would the subtitle be? 
Um, um, yep. My title would be Lead On Together. We- Lead On Together. We've just lost Kelly, but thank you. I think we got the gist of it. I want to thank my three panelists very, very much for kicking off this debut show. Gita Vallabanini at Luminix. Thank you, Gita, so much for sharing your expertise, your insights, and your passion for the topic. Ginger McCullough at BGC. That's Brookshire Grocery Company. Thank you so much, Ginger. Pleasure to meet you. And Kelly Drenner at SAP. And let's see, I have one minute to close. So uh, let's see. It's Tuesday. Tomorrow morning, I'll be back here on the Business Channel with another episode of Coffee Break with Game Changers. I believe we're talking about wearables impacting our health outcomes. Will wearables measure up to medical devices standards? Will they have accurate enough readings? Will the data be usable? And will we as consumers want to share that data with whoever's on the other side of the big data pond to be able to do something to help us? That's a lot lot to contend with. Thursday morning, we'll be back with a new edition of The Future of Game Changers. And that's about it. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. That's all for our broadcast today. Let me give you my call to action. You already know what it is. Oh, by the way, shout out to executive producer Jenny Dearborn. And shout out to Liz Krell, Deb Arnold, and Joel Friedman, and of course, Brad and the Business Channel team. Now it's time for my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Signing off for the debut edition of Game Changing Women Radio presented by SAP. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Women, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.